To begin this passage, I will summarize the main players in the spiritual kingdom war, all of which I have discussed previously on this site. Then, I will show historical precedent for their interrelations based on the ancient times of Judas and Israel's kings. In doing so, I will show some historic patterns that we may expect to repeat again in these last days. First, recall that it is Judah, and particularly the house of David, that is the focal point in these last days. Even more specifically, the focus will be on the small Jacob Judah remnant in Babylon U.S. That includes the righteous house of David. Since these are part of God's kingdom inheritance, they naturally have many powerful enemies in the kingdom war. Historical precedent shows that their enemies will likely begin from within God's own house of Israel. In fact, enemies will arise even from within the worldwide tribe of Judah and likely even from within a corrupt last day's house of David. In addition, today's northern kingdom of Israel, and times Ephraim, will also be aligned against them. From within the last day's house of Israel, overall, there could be a Saul-type figure who is aligned against the righteous house of David, perhaps operating as a part of the leadership in the country of Israel. Altogether, the last day's worldwide house of Israel, especially as it exists in the countries of Israel and the U.S., will be aligned alongside the powerful worldwide Antichrist Chaldeans. Yet they will be highly deceived. So, aside from the last day's house of Israel, it is the worldwide Antichrist Chaldean powers and rulers who are aligned against the Jacob Judah small flock remnant that includes the righteous house of David. I have shown on this site how the Assyrian, the last day's Pharaoh, as a leader of this worldwide Antichrist kingdom, will come against this remnant. His kingdom includes individual countries or people groups who carry ancient grievances, especially against Judah for example Moab, Edom, the Philistines, etc. They will not only be aligned against this remnant, but will also turn on, and come against, the country of Israel itself. The way the small Jacob Judah righteous remnant in Babylon U.S. will prevail will be as a result of their righteous cause. They will be able to take the narrow path through the turbulent, divided waters in the tribulation period. Meanwhile, end times fighting worldwide will ensue among countries, nations and people groups due to the confused, confounded, Antichrist Chaldean dialectic system and its evil, drunken spirit. The country of Israel, corrupt Judah, will be invaded by Antichrist Chaldean forces, including some of its perennial enemies. Today's northern kingdom, Ephraim and U.S., will also find itself at odds with its longtime ally of Israel, but it will also be invaded by the worldwide Antichrist Chaldean Assyrians forces. Prior to the fall of the nation of Babylon U.S., however, its northern kingdom's own Chaldeans including Ephraim will turn from within against their righteous brethren in the U.S. righteous Ephraim and others in the last days house of Israel will wake up to Antichrist Chaldean enemies who are aligned against them, and will realize their own oppression and persecution. This remnant will ultimately join back with the righteous Jacob Judah remnant prior to their return to the land. This will represent the infant beginnings of God bringing back together Judah and Israel, Ephraim, to be as one for the Millennial Kingdom. Contents of this passage For this passage, I referred to ancient scripture to look at the wars, battles and conflicts, and even alliances and interrelationships, from the vantage point of Judah in particular. I did this so that we might be able to understand precedents that have been set for conflicts and alliances that will repeat in these last days. Specifically, I will examine the following topic areas in this passage. The House of David versus Other Judah the end times application for the house of David based on other Judah interrelations. The house of David, Judah, versus other Israel, i.e. northern kingdom the end times application for house of David, Judah, based on other Israel interrelations. While many biblical, historical events involving God's people are not necessarily directly prophetic in nature, they can be seen as important precedent. This is the case because repeating patterns frequently occur in Scripture overall.
In the sections below, I will describe historical interrelationships between segments of Judah and Israel, respectively, and then I will conclude each section with a comparative analysis that includes events that we expect to see take place in these last days. The House of David versus Other Judah Since the scepter comes through Judah, and Judah is at the epicenter of the kingdom war, it makes sense to look at Judah first as an ancient, yet ongoing target. This is especially the case since it is Judah that has already produced the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Jesus, along with his disciples and followers, is the direct opponent of the Antichrist world system. In examining Judah, we might first look at the original house of David and internal conflicts within this house to see if we might notice any possible clues for what an end times house of David might experience. House of David Historic Although David was chosen and began with God's anointing, the first enemy of the house of David was its own unrighteous, unfaithful and corrupt kings. When they were disobedient, God himself became Judah's enemy instead. This is shown repeatedly in Scripture. Even David himself, who set the standard, sinned against God, and then his successor son Solomon who was gifted with wisdom still committed the egregious error of allowing false gods into the holy, royal house via his foreign wives. To begin, because of David's error with Solomon's mother Bathsheba and her husband, God said. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes, and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. 2 Sam 12 11. God's punishment indeed came as a result, but God's promises to some kings tend to carry forward through the future. In addition to a deadly pestilence that came as a result of David's sin in conducting a census of his people, his own royal family suffered from other sins, infighting and insurrection. One of his sons was slain by his brother Absalom because he committed incest with his sister. And then Absalom organized against his father David to conspire for the king's throne, but was eventually killed by David's army. In self-preservation, David's anointed son King Solomon then had to slay several of his brethren who were aligned against him as king. But then Solomon's own sin with foreign gods that I mentioned above caused God to leave Judah with only one tribe while the others defected. Several kings of Judah, house of David, later down the line, King Uram grew powerful and slew all of his brothers and some princes of Israel because he walked in the, wicked, ways of Israel. After God brought down Uram with disease and his successor son Ahaziah was slain by Jehu due to his alliances with Israel, then Ahaziah's mother Athaliah, a non-Judah Israelite, slew all of Judah's royal heirs and made herself ruler. Only one of Ahaziah's sons was hidden and saved. All of this is to say that there is certainly historic precedent for internal conflict and battle within the house of David itself. The end times application for the house of David, Judah, based on other Judah interrelations. As internal strife plays out in these last days, and in continuing to focus on the righteous house of David and any conflicts and alliances between them and others in the tribe of Judah, possibly including even a corrupt house of David, we might consider the following, that is, the level of involvement and affiliations of this latter house with today's worldwide Antichrist Chaldeans who are the primary evil enemy warring against God's kingdom and Jesus Christ the Messiah. To begin, you will recall that the kingdom war against the Jacob-Judah remnant that includes the righteous house of David takes place covertly and secretly in the last days and only becomes fully understood once the mystery of iniquity is revealed at once for the world to see. In the interim, this righteous remnant suffers from Antichrist Chaldean Mafia-type persecution techniques that imprison and oppress them as innocent people. The worldwide Antichrist Chaldean kingdom aligned against the last days righteous Jacob-Judah remnant represents many people groups and nations. The question here is whether we expect Judah, or particularly another sect of the end times house of David, to be aligned with this evil kingdom. 
A natural place to look would be among the country of Israel's last days leaders and shepherds who are referred to in the book of Ezekiel as great people and mountains of Israel, suggesting that they likely come from important house of Israel bloodlines. In fact, I have shown prior how there is no question that the country of Israel's leaders are involved, and even appear to be a primary enemy who are aligned against the righteous house of David in Babylon U.S. These current-day leaders are just like the unrighteous, corrupt leaders God told Jeremiah about in his day, who are like bad figs that are so bad that they cannot be eaten. I have written prior as to how last day's country of Israel's leaders are involved in a conspiracy together, which includes atrocities of rampant bloodshed and large-scale theft among their own people. I have also shown the Antichrist Chaldean, satanic and ritualistic nature of their crimes, which clearly demonstrates occult affiliation and worship of other gods. In the book of Isaiah, God says that it is Israel's leaders, and specifically men of Judah, who are responsible for terrible oppression and for decimating his vineyard, and this very likely carries over to the persecuted Jacob Judah remnant in Babylon U.S. In terms of their alignment against this last day's righteous Judah remnant, we are told in the book of Jeremiah, ch. 25, that kings and princes of Judah are among other Chaldean nations that serve themselves of them. I have surmised that this may include vain visions and perverse images that they have made in mocking God's last day's royal inheritance. Related to this, you may recall the blasphemy of Israel's shepherds and priests who are alongside Judah's leaders and have also served themselves, easy ch. 34, of this small flock remnant that includes end-time servant David who is referred to in the same chapter of the book of Ezekiel. God says that He will deliver His small flock from the mouth of these shepherds and will make David a prince. This will be the same time period about which God refers in Scripture as follows. And thou, profane wicked prince of Israel, whose day is come, when iniquity shall have an end, thus saith the Lord God, remove the diadem, and take off the crown, this shall not be the same, exalt him that is low, and abase him that is high. I will overturn, 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 it, and it shall be no more, until he come whose right it is, and I will give it him. Easy 21 25-26. 4. Behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, doth take away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stay and the staff, the whole stay of bread, and the whole stay of water. The mighty man, and the man of war, the judge, and the prophet, and the prudent, and the ancient, the captain of fifty, and the honorable man, and the counselor, and the cunning artificer, and the eloquent orator. And I will give children to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them. Is 3 to 1 to 4. We can thus conclude, at the very least, that some of the country of Israel's last days leaders who persecute the righteous Jacob Judah remnant are affiliated with the tribe of Judah, i.e. are men of Judah. It is possible that these even include a corrupt sect of the house of David. Strategically speaking, recall that the powerful, controlling worldwide Antichrist Chaldeans are obsessed with bloodlines, and that they are quiet enemies of the country of Israel, which will only be discovered once it is too late for Israel. In the meantime, given the powerful Chaldeans' very deliberate and calculated evil works, there is nothing they would like more than to assist in establishing a last day's house of David bloodline leadership in Israel in order to deceive them set them up to worship other gods, and then also to set them up to participate in atrocities against their own people. This would encourage, reinforce and feed the Chaldeans in their ongoing mocking, scoffing and blasphemy against God and His people. And it would allow them to keep Israel as a whole in bondage to their sins and then to ultimately shame them. House of David, Judah, versus Other Israel, Northern Kingdom In continuing with a focus on Judah, and particularly from the vantage point of the House of David, it makes sense to look next at David's house as it relates vis-a-vis -vis to other Israel. Once God's anointing was upon David, 
From that point in history forward there were always challenges to his throne and his house in addition to those from within as addressed earlier in this passage. King Saul. King Saul, David's predecessor, was David's first major enemy from within Israel. Although we are told that David acted loyal and wise, and even that Saul's son Jonathan and his daughter, David's wife, loved David, Saul grew angry against him because the people came to support him after his victories over the Philistines. Scripture says that Saul knew that the Lord was with David. Saul grew disobedient to God and an evil spirit came upon him, then, he sought to slay David. Saul himself was a Benjaminite, and after he was killed in battle, the house of Judah followed David, but others, including Benjamin and Ephraim, followed Saul's son. The two houses fought each other in what we are told was a long war that continued between the house of Saul and the house of David. The split between the kingdoms. The next phase of intra-tribal battle versus the house of David came after David's son Solomon had built the Judah kingdom into a very strong empire with the help of God's hand. Because Solomon's heart later turned away from God, God pledged to give away the rest of Israel while Solomon and his successor son, Rehoboam, retained only the tribe of Judah. The house of Israel later revolted against Rehoboam and instead aligned under Jeroboam, of Ephraim, which represented the early beginnings of the northern kingdom. Rehoboam gathered to fight against these northern tribes to regain the kingdom, but here we learn God said, You shall not fight against your brethren, 1 Key 12 24. Although Rehoboam did not attack, we are still told in Scripture that there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam, in some form, all of their days. Meanwhile, Jeroboam did evil and grew worse in worshipping false gods. While God pledged to bring evil on the house of Jeroboam and take away his remnant, 1 Key 14 1, the evil spirit and wicked works of Jeroboam carried forward through several future kings of the northern kingdom. Judah's next king, Rehoboam's son Abiah, although he was corrupt himself, recognized that God gave the kingdom of Israel to David forever, 2 Kron 13 5. Abiah then went and fought against Jeroboam and captured towns including Ephraim and slew 500,000 men. God used Abiah to smote Jeroboam's kingdom, then both of these contemporary kings died after the war. God sometimes uses Israel to defeat Judah. It is important to note that, just because they were the inheritance of the house of David, Judah was not always dominant and successful vis-a-vis the wicked northern kingdom of Israel. After King Amaziah began by doing right in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord had given him victory over Edom, he then took the very gods of Edom and set them up as his own. This act brought on God's wrath, specifically, Joash, king of Israel, came to break down the walls of Jerusalem and to invade and take vessels from the Lord's house and treasures from the king's house. He also carried away Judah hostages. Approximately thirty years after Amaziah, King Ahaz of Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, worshipping images of Baal, etc. Because of his evil, God again brought on the king of Israel against Judah who slew many, and then plundered and led away two hundred thousand captives. This led to a lesson from a prophet of the Lord, Obed, who gave warning to those in the northern kingdom about taking their brethren captive when they are not righteous before God themselves. Perils of Judah's Alliances with Other Countries I have described before on this site the general principle for righteous Judah to remain independent of all others for its own good, and to be consecrated only to the one true God of Israel. History shows that when Judah remains righteous and faithful in the midst of surrounding terrors, God will give his protection and will provide for their needs. King Asa, the next king of Judah after Abiah, was righteous and did many things to turn his people away from foreign god corruption and back to the Lord. However, Judah wore all his days versus King Basha of Israel, the aggressor Asa gave treasures to the king of Syria to form an alliance with him so that the king of Syria would help him drive out his enemy, Israel. Because Asa relied on Syria, he was visited by a seer and informed that he had done foolishly by not relying upon the Lord, 
and that there would be wars henceforth as a result. Several generations down the line, Judah was threatened by an alliance of the kings of Israel and Syria, and then later also experienced attacks by its neighbors Edom and the Philistines. The Lord brought these enemies upon evil King Ahaz at the time because he was determined to bring Judah low because of Ahaz's disobedience and worship of false gods as described in the section above. During this time, corrupt King Ahaz also attempted to gain help from the king of Assyria by sending him gifts from the house of the king and the house of the Lord, but the king of Assyria did not help him. Ahaz's Judah society was partly destroyed because of his corruption and lack of faith. Of course, kings after Ahaz would become overly friendly with Assyrian and Babylonian kings. King Hezekiah gave gifts from both the lords and the king's houses to the king of Assyria in a pledge for an alliance. He later showed a Babylonian envoy all of the things of the king's house and in his son Jehoiakim gave gifts to Nebuchadnezzar in another gesture of alliance. Another son of Hezekiah, Jehoiakim, did evil and gave gifts to Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Of course, we know how all of this turned out for Judah. The strong pattern represented here is that turning to other countries for assistance does not work well for Judah because it angers God. Perils of Judah's Alliances with Corrupt Israel To this point, I have shown other Israel's disassociations, aggressions and wars vis-a-vis Judah. However, in a few cases, Judah actually joined their brethren in the northern kingdom to help them fight against their enemies. While this may initially seem to be a natural and correct response of joining with the other tribes, it breaks the general principle of maintaining independence and righteousness versus joining those who operate according to a system of false gods. Jehoshaphat was the son of Asa, above, and in many ways walked with the Lord in obedience. Under Jehoshaphat, Judah became very strong again, and he waxed great as a king. However, when asked by the evil king Ahab of Israel if he would join him to retake land from the king of Syria, Jehoshaphat's mistake is summed up in his response to Ahab. I am as thou art, and my people as thy people, and we will be with thee in the war. 2 Kron 18-3. Judah was not meant to align with evil partners, including the wicked kingdom of Israel. When they jointly battled against the Syrians, the Syrians won and Ahab was slain. Jehoshaphat was saved. Upon returning to Judah, however, Jehoshaphat was scolded by Elijah appointed King Jehu as follows for his mistake in fighting with corrupt Israel. Shouldest thou help the ungodly, and love them that hate the Lord? Therefore is wrath upon thee from before the Lord. 2 Kron 19-2. Jehoshaphat did, however, later align again with the king of Israel, but when he went to the prophet Elisha for counsel about going to war against Edom and Moab, Elisha only responded to Jehoshaphat and did not acknowledge the king of Israel, Jehoram. Jehoshaphat later tried to join Ahab's wicked son to make merchant ships, but this endeavor was shut down by the Lord. Next, Jehoshaphat's son King Jehoram also walked in the evil ways of the kings of Israel. He slew all of his brothers, and God finally struck and smote him with disease. Then his son Ahaziah was made king and we are told also walked in the ways of Ahab. Because of this alliance, Jehu who was God appointed to slay the house of Ahab hunted down Ahaziah as he was on his way to a meeting with those in Ahab's house in the northern kingdom. Jehu found him in hiding in Samaria and slew him. This represented an evil alliance between corrupt Judah and corrupt Israel kingdoms that God eradicated. Lastly, a future king of Judah, Amaziah, although corrupt, when he was preparing to go to war with Edom was obedient and actually heeded the warning and learned the lesson from the kings above. The following warning was given to Amaziah by a certain man of God who came to him and said, O king, let not the army of Israel go with thee, for the Lord is not with Israel, to wit, with all the children of Ephraim. But if thou wilt go, do it, be strong for the battle, God shall make thee fall before the enemy, for God hath power to help, and to cast down. 2 Kron 25-7-8. to 
God indeed delivered the Edomites to Amaziah in battle. Things can go very well for Judah when they are obedient and keep their faith in God only. A righteous Judah can bring back Israel. In relations between Judah and Israel, history shows there can be an upside, which occurs when a righteous Judah makes the northern kingdom of Israel aware of their false gods and persuades them to come back and worship the one true God of Israel, who we now know as Jesus Christ. King Asa arose in Judah after his father Abiah had warred against Jeroboam. King Asa did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, even in the midst of more war in the land and at a time when a man of God named Azariah exhorted him to follow the Lord because we are told in Scripture. Now for a long season Israel hath been without the true God, and without a teaching priest, and without law. 2 Chronicles 15 3. King Asa was motivated to make significant spiritual reforms in turning his people back to God. We are told in Scripture that this also included those of Ephraim and Manasseh among all in Israel that came to Judah in abundance to worship. Jehoshaphat, Asa's son, continued in many of Asa's righteous ways and took away images and altars to false gods. He exhorted the people and was a great example himself for worshipping God, amid relying on God in faith in the face of war with their enemies. His influence extended beyond Judah. We are told. And Jehoshaphat dwelt at Jerusalem, and he went out again through the people from Beersheba to Mount Ephraim, and brought them back unto the Lord God of their fathers. 2 Chronicles 19:4. Several kings and almost 150 years later, King Hezekiah reigned. Hezekiah was also righteous and trusted in the Lord overall. He opened the doors of the house of the Lord, restored it, and brought in the Levites for purification. He acknowledged Israel's sins before God and took joy in instituting worship and sacrifices again. Hezekiah sent letters to Ephraim and Manasseh inviting them to come to the house of the Lord and to keep the Passover, included as part of a decree for all Israel to come celebrate this day. Such as thing had not been done in the land for a long time. The following message was posted throughout Israel. Ye children of Israel, turn again unto the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, and he will return to the remnant of you, that are escaped out of the hand of the kings of Assyria. 2 Kron 30-6. Although there was some scorning and mocking, Scripture says that many from the northern kingdom still attended. Finally, several kings later, and after atrocities and abominations committed by King Manasseh of Judah, followed by his son Ammon, King Josiah was righteous and purged Judah of the evil that his predecessors had done. Josiah also did the same in the northern kingdom, purging and cleansing altars in Manasseh, Ephraim, and Naphtali. Josiah repaired the Lord's temple in Jerusalem and the money for repairs that was raised came from all Israel even including some from Ephraim and Manasseh. In the process of restoring the temple, the book of the law of Moses was found. Josiah, in his fear of the Lord, gathered the priests, Levites, and all of the people and read the words of the book of the covenant in front of them and made a covenant to walk before the Lord. And times application for the house of David, Judah, based on other Israel interrelations. I have described in prior passages and in the section above that it is again the house of David that is the prime focus and target in the end times spiritual kingdom war. End times David himself will be a prince serving Jesus Christ in the millennial kingdom. David and Jacob and their Jacob-Judah remnant army have to battle against the Antichrist Chaldeans in the last days. This enemy includes even some within a corrupt Judah or corrupt house of David. Meanwhile, the question considered in this section is about other Israel adversaries who may be among and cooperating with the Antichrist Chaldeans. To begin, whether there is an end-time Saul type who is part of the Antichrist Chaldeans pursuing David, Jacob and their small remnant is unknown. But at the least it is highly probably that tribes of other Israel are represented as part of the powerful Antichrist Chaldean enemy of the small flock remnant. 
and these other Israel adversaries are likely among the rulers and powerful people in both the countries of Israel and Babylon. U.S. These rulers lead a mob army that persecutes the small flock Jacob Judah remnant in Babylon. U.S. With mafia-like psychological operations and criminal tactics amidst this last day's non-traditional spiritual war. When considering the current-day model of interrelationship between the country of Israel, Judah, and the proxy northern kingdom slash Ephraim, U.S., we might look for some kind of historical precedent within a corrupt Judah-corrupt northern kingdom framework. One event described earlier in this passage was the invasion and taking of Judah hostages by those in the northern kingdom of Israel. This is exactly what happens to the righteous Jacob Judah remnant in Babylon U.S. In the end times, which is the home of many last days Ephraimites, both corrupt and otherwise. Both corrupt countries of Israel and the U.S. as a whole are under strong Antichrist Chaldean kingdom control and bondage in these last days. Though the country of Israel will trade out Babylon U.S. and go to Egypt one final time, these corrupt countries will have been portrayed as long-term friends and allies in the public eye. But remember the general rule of how Judah should never have an alliance with a false god-led northern kingdom, no matter what. Because of their false gods and adherence to an antichrist called the occult storyline, both Judah's and the U.S.'s rulers are enemies of the righteous Jacob Judah remnant in Babylon U.S. Because of antichrist called the deception and trickery, both countries will be thinking that there will be peace and security due to a covenant they make with others in the last days, but this will be the point at which destruction will begin. They will both attempt to run to the new world order but will receive no help. They will find the worldwide Chaldeans will have actually been their enemies and they have been set up. God says about the house of Israel's rulers at this time when their leaders are caught. They have dressed the wound of my people with very little care, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace at all. Jer 6 14. There is precedent given earlier in this passage where Judah in a time of its troubles went to Syria and Assyria, and then later to Egypt, but never received the help they needed. God had warned them of this. In fact, both the last days countries of the US and Israel will not receive help but instead will be sieged, invaded, and captured by the Antichrist called the Assyrio-Babylonian Empire the same enemies from ancient days. In these last days, God is going to once again wipe Jerusalem like a dish because of evil kings in their country of Israel who are as King Manasseh was. Because of Manasseh's sins, God brought on the Babylonian invasion. The following is what Scripture says happened a short time later as a result of King Manasseh's evil. And the Lord sent against him bands of the Chaldees, and bands of the Syrians, and bands of the Moabites, and bands of the children of Ammon, and sent them against Judah to destroy it. 2 Key 24-2 You will notice how these are very familiar enemy people groups who will again surround Judah, country of Israel, in these last days as part of the global Antichrist Chaldeans, and will then invade as a result of the wickedness of Judah's kings all over again. The only solution in the end times. One important principle that I have discussed on this site is that the anointed leadership of all Israel that will survive the turmoil in these last days will come from a righteous branch of Judah, very likely the house of David, a small remnant that will be the initial warriors who fight to remain separate from the Antichrist Chaldean world system and its various wars and conflicts in the end times. The historical precedent stated earlier in this passage that points to this is how it was Judah, several times, whose righteous kings turned back to God. These kings destroyed altars of the evil adversary, rededicated to the God of Israel, and then God blessed them. And in a couple of cases, many of their brethren from the northern kingdom returned to Jerusalem at their invitation and came to the temple to worship and rededicate along with them. It never happened the other way around i.e. with the northern kingdom of Israel leading the way, spiritually. In these last days, it is Jacob who will make the Antichrist Chaldean altars as chalkstone. And the righteous Jacob Judah remnant, 
albeit in Babylon U.S., will be delivered from the Antichrist Chaldean World Theater, and will begin to flourish in the wilderness as they worship Jesus Christ. This will be the beginning of God's holy people for the kingdom blossoming prior to the beginning of the millennial kingdom and leading the whole house of Israel, Judah and Israel, to rejoin prior to their return to the land. Tilda. It is clear that in these last days certain historical patterns that are observed in the ancient kingdoms of Judah and Israel will repeat again. Having an understanding of biblical history, combined with an understanding current-day kingdom war players, allows us to anticipate how God will do His work in these end times. Grace and Peace. Lion's Lair, LL.